This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, hello and welcome. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few moments, John Carlson and David Mader will join us with a Vancouver market real estate update and lots more on the 1% Realty Story. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. According to the Twitter sphere, Canadians are beginning to receive those $25 gift cards in the mail from Loblaws. And apparently, we're feeling pretty generous about what to do with those cards, as many of us plan to pass them along to our local food banks. In the Lower Mainland, the food banks in Surrey, North Delta, and Richmond, along with the Vancouver Food Bank, are candidates for donations. And as always, the food bank prefers cash, as their volume buying power can triple that 25 bucks very quickly. But if you just want to give them your gift card, here's what Hakeem Habibi at the Vancouver Food Bank told me yesterday. If possible, bring the gift card in person rather than mail it to the Vancouver Food Bank there at 1150 Raymer Avenue near Clark and Venables and drop it off. If you haven't activated your card, don't worry. Food Bank staff can do that for you. No tax receipts will be given for gift card donations, but will be for cash. Mr. Habibi told me the Vancouver Vancouver Food Bank has been getting tons of calls, and they're excited about the uptick in donations. New numbers from Statistics Canada this week reveal December may not be the peak shopping month it is legendary for. Sales were down almost a full percent last December to just under $50 billion. And while that sounds like a lot of activity, and despite an increase in new car sales, the latest numbers show a decline in overall general merchandise sales. Why? Well, we're changing our shopping to November, when all those Black Friday deals become available. CIBC analysts say December just isn't the big deal month it used to be, and many Canadian consumers have moved things forward to get in on all the big savings in November, and Cyber Monday certainly hasn't hurt those November trends either. If you've been following the roller coaster that is Bitcoin, you won't be too surprised to hear that TD Bank this week followed recent moves of many U.S. banks and stopped its customers from using their credit cards to buy Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency for that matter. TD says after a review and an assessment, they're taking a pause on allowing TD credit card holders to buy Bitcoin. RBC says they're still okay with customers using credit cards to buy cryptocurrencies, but RBC urges customers to be very cautious because of the real possibility of sudden huge drops in cryptocurrency values. And while we're talking credit cards, there's a new survey out in the States that says one in five Americans have more in credit card debt than they do in emergency savings. The definition of emergency savings is between three and six months worth of expenses in an easily accessible account. On the other hand, the researchers behind the study at Bankrate say more people are working and then are more able to set aside some savings. Millennials are doing quite well in this regard because they've had a front row seat for the recent financial crisis, and while it can be tempting to just focus on paying down debt, there is still a need for balance and savings too. And as to how to do it, the old school method of setting up an automatic savings plan that diverts money from the paycheck before you see it is still one of the best plans out there. Saving is all about establishing a habit. 
And here's a story we've been following for months. Snapchat stocks took another pounding again this week. This time, after a message from celebrity influencer Kylie Jenner, a social media superstar who tweeted this week, So, does anyone else not open Snapchat anymore, or is it just me? This was her reaction to the new layout of the app, which has been criticized by over a million Snapchat users for being too complicated to navigate. Well, Snapchat stock lost over $1.3 billion in market value after that tweet this week. Wall Street types dismissed the stunning drop as an overreaction. Well, no kidding. But Snapchat says it has heard the message loud and clear and is working hard to improve things really, really fast. For her part, Kylie Jenner says Snapchat is still her first love. With a lover like that, who needs enemies? Those are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. We'll have a look at a few more later in the show. Stay tuned because coming right up, we have a fresh Vancouver market real estate update set to go with John Carlson and David Mater, the pros from 1% Realty. This is Vancouver Consumer on 980 CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon as Vancouverites dig ourselves out one more time from another snowfall. John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation, and David Mater, Personal Real Estate Corporation, the pros from 1% Realty in studio. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Sterling. Hi, Sterling. Uh, well, you know, it's it's pretty out there, but there's a bit of shoveling going on. As as But, you know, this could be the last one of the year. That's what most people are saying. It's lovely as long as it's the last one. Agreed. Let's talk a little bit about where this is our fresh Vancouver market real estate update. And, David, uh, we usually turn to you to uh, to give us uh, some, some particulars. And in the wake of the provincial budget just a few short days ago, what can you tell us about Vancouver real estate now? Well, you know, we're going to see how all this plays out over the next few months and years and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, the numbers that we have so far for 2018, um, and of course, this doesn't include the changes that we've seen with the budget, but the numbers that we have so far for 2018 um, are really positive for Vancouver. Um, You know, uh, if you look at some of the stats that are coming out across the country in light of the stress tests, um, you know, the mortgage stress test mm-hmm. and the increasing interest rates. We've seen uh, maybe some easing of prices and sales volume across the country. Right. Toronto is, you know, one that's really sticking out there. You see articles about what's going on out there uh, all the time. By contrast, the stats for uh, January of uh, 2018 for Vancouver show, in fact, that uh, volumes were increased over last year for January this year compared to last year. Uh, prices for January compared to December 2017 actually increased a little bit for condos. No surprise there because right. condos such a hot market. Mm-hmm. Um, townhomes have remained pretty much unchanged, the prices. And um, detached properties slid, I mean, 0.3%. So it's probably negligible. Right. So, it's you close know, to unchanged. It, yeah, it? yeah, this is it. And so, you know, we talk about, you know, Vancouver is not obviously immune to what's going on. But certainly, I think it's probably fair to say that we might be a little bit more resilient than some other markets just for some of the international 
environmental factors and the flavor of the town that we have here, right? Um, with regards to those those changes, I know we've, uh, with the NDP um, budget that was announced, uh, we're looking at uh, foreign home buyer tax right. increasing from 15 to 20%. And whereas it only applied to greater Vancouver areas, now it's going to apply to other areas of BC too, right? So that might nip in the bud some foreign home, uh, some foreign investment in those other areas. So we're talking about into the Okanagan, uh, the Fraser Valley, of course, is huge, right? Because immediately after the foreign home buyer tax was introduced, you know, we said, uh, you know, we saw people saying, "Well, let's fine. just uh, shop yeah, go down to Langley, the road. Yeah, exactly. go to Langley or right. uh, somewhere, right?" But now, right now, it's going to apply to the Fraser Valley, uh, to the island parts of the island. So, you know, and, and it, in addition to that, we're looking at a speculation tax, which has been introduced, um, and an increase of property transfer tax over three million dollars. So, you know, we're, nobody's saying the Vancouver market is immune. But maybe more resilient. So I think I think we can still be pretty optimistic going forward about how prices might hold up in the area. Yeah, there's a lot of variables, John. I mean, this is fr- so fresh. It hasn't really had time to impact the market and, and the psyche of buyers and sellers locally at all, has it? No, that's right. Brand new changes. And I think, uh, you know, we're all going to wait and see how they play out. But Dave made some great points in that. You know, the, the demand in our market is quite strong. Uh, Dave and I are both finding that the conditions out there, it's a balanced market. I mean, uh, homes are still selling. There's a demand for newer homes. And the way that some of these changes are, are designed, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. But, uh, you know, I'm predicting a good market. And regardless market conditions, people may want to buy or sell properties. And that's why Dave are here, because we're available to give you the best advice we can when it comes time for you to sell your home. Well, you know, and, and, and it's advice that people count on. And perhaps, I don't know, perhaps it's important to remind we just uh, we talked about this last week on the show this survey that came out just very recently from canada mortgage and housing corporation cmhc they talked to 2500 people across canada who were determined to buy a new home sometime this year and a third of them a third of all people prepared to buy a new home said they do not have a full understanding of all the costs involved john this is a significant amount of money and if you don't completely understand all those details, you're kind of lost in the woods and may make some big mistakes. Well, it's knowledge is power. And of course, to, uh, to, to know your facts and have a good uh, idea and strategy going into buying or selling is absolutely key. And that's you know why so many people use the services of a good agent. I mean, good agents are doing the business all the time and should have a good grasp of the entire process from beginning to end, whether you're buying or selling. And again, that's where Dave and I come in. We're at 1% realty and we focus on saving people money, but we also make sure to give the full service and all the information that people might need so they can make good decisions because you need that information. You need to know what you're doing, especially in a market where things are changing like they might be here now. Mm -hmm. Some of the rules, regulations, you know, give Dave and I a call and we'll be happy to walk you through it. Well, the more changes, the more need for understanding of details. And Dave, you and John are far too modest to toot your own horn, so I'll do it for you. Both of you are members of the President's Club for 2017, which means you're in the top percent, 1% of all real estate agents in the province of British Columbia. Between the two of you, you've sold over a 1,000 homes. This is experience on the hoof, friends. These are the kind of experienced, knowledgeable realtors that especially people who are having some difficulty coping with all of these changes and even understanding them. David, it's important to have a pro in your corner. Well, uh, yeah, well, I guess thanks for mentioning those things. Um, you know, uh, if, if we've been successful at this, it's only because our clients have been happy 
with using us and and they've recommended us out and we've helped their friends and their family right like in this business it's virtually impossible to have any kind of success or longevity unless your clients are happy with you sure right this is this is like key and so um you know yeah we've sold a lot of properties and we're among the top agents in the business that's pretty typical uh, for us. And, and and I think the reason for that is because, like John said, we're really client-focused. We want to make sure that we're giving advice, the same advice to our clients that we would take ourselves, that we would uh, use if we were actually going to be buying or selling a property uh, for ourselves. Well, that's how we give advice to our clients. Um, bottom line is we always try to put our clients first. And because we've been in this business for a long time, we're able to give them advice, which I think is probably good advice every time. And I think that's really why we're on the radio here, to let people know if you're selling a home, you have options. You have uh, you know, different agents available to you. And you know, just to maybe digress a little bit, last night I went to meet people who called us up and said, you know, hey, we're thinking of selling our home. This is okay. out in Maple Ridge. Real nice couple, great home. But it reminded me, really, of the task that David and I are up against because uh, although we're two of the top-selling agents in town and we save our clients significant amount of money compared to what you know, a lot of our competition charges, mm-hmm. I found myself you know, in the position last night of, of, of really dealing with a lot of objections, a lot of, oh, gee, John, well, I heard from another agent that you know, we, you, nobody will show our property or right. we won't be able to sell it or we won't get full market value because 1% realty agents, they charge less, so they must be not as good, or all, you don't get a service. All the cynicism and skepticism that we've heard expressed on this program many times in the past, and it's there because people don't know any better. They don't know about the 1% realty business model. So exactly. you, were, you, were, you were kind enough to sit down and take whatever time it took to explain the real deal to these people who just didn't understand. Absolutely, and I'm hoping to get the listing. I think I've got a very good chance of doing it, but if you're listening to the radio and you're kind of curious what this 1% realty thing is all about and how Save with John and Dave works. Our website explains a lot of it. It's uh, www.savewithjohnanddave.com, and right. we can answer a lot of your questions that way. Or there's a phone number on this site, and you can call us if you if you have questions. Right, six zero four two six five eight two eight zero, and that is all over savewithjohnanddave.com. But if you need it, uh, we'll give it to you a few times as we progress through the hour. Six zero four two six five eighty two eighty. David, just before we turned our mics on, just a few minutes ago, as we were finishing our coffee and preparing to go on the radio. You mentioned something to me that just about knocked me out of my chair. It's only February, not even the end of February yet, and you and between you and John, you have already saved clients over $100,000. Explain, please. Sure. Well, um that that's right. We've we've saved clients uh, well over hundred thousand dollars in commissions, and of course that's compared to what they may have paid elsewhere, right? So there's no set rates out there, but what's really common is seven percent on the first hundred thousand and two and a half percent on the balance, right? And so so far, just in the deals that we have had uh, go firm this year, meaning uh, we have an accepted offer and subjects removed, right? A deposit put down um, compared to what our clients may have paid had they listed with other. Uh, agents, uh, our clients have saved well over a hundred thousand dollars, and so we're on track to save our clients. I don't know how much six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars this year, whatever it turns out to be, right. which is not not an uncommon thing for us, right? And so, you know, uh, in in saying that, we really want to emphasize that um, the sales that we've affected so far. I mean, these are sales for properties that have sold quickly. 
uh, by and large. Uh, and all sold, types of properties, too. Condos oh, and single detached condos, homes and townhouses, the whole bit. Condos, right? townhomes, uh, houses, acreages, you name it. Mm-hmm. That's right. A big cross-section, you know, just representing what, what's out there. Okay. Um, and, you know, they, they've been sold fairly quickly. Uh, they've had very good uh, sale price to listing price ratio. So they're getting close to what they're asking for or sometimes more than what they're asking for, just like everybody else out there. Uh, and the point being is, you know, they're getting all the same services that they're hoping for, the same types of services that they get elsewhere. Um, they're getting two of, you know, some of the more knowledgeable agents in the business. Um, but they're walking away with more money in their pocket than they may otherwise have. Right. And, and there's no... There's no downside. And John, you sat uh, across the table from a couple in Maple Ridge just last night and and, and went through this same explanation that Dave has just shared with us. And you could still see the skepticism on their faces because it's it's sort of ingrained in us. If you spend less, you get less. And that that was the angle they were coming at. They couldn't understand how saving money... Uh, was still going to net them the same quality level of service that they would expect from any realtor. Yes, and that was part of it. And the other part of it was that they had heard through the grapevine, of course, that maybe 1% realty was a bad idea or that they wouldn't be successful. So yeah, those are the two things. There's a natural skepticism. And then there might be people out there who would like sellers to believe that you have to spend you know, big commissions to get your house sold. And Dave and I are here to tell you that you don't. And the fact that you know we've saved people $100,000 this year already compared to what they might have spent had they been in a company that's charges 7% on the first 100000 and two and a half of the balance... I mean, that's awesome. I feel like telling people, there's money here for you people. You're thinking of selling your house. Last year, our average seller statistically saved about $10,000 compared to our competition. So I feel like I'm giving out free money here. You want to sell your house? You want to work with two of the best realtors in Greater Vancouver? Come and get your share. Go to our website, give us a call, and we'll come out and see you and show you how it's done. And on the website, savewithjohnanddave.com, friends, there's a grid right there about halfway down the homepage, and it's all right there in black and white. Uh, you, you, David, and you've gone through some of these numbers with us in the past. Where uh, you uh, Give us the basic schedule here. We've got a, a few minutes before the news. Tell us about how the 1% commission model works compared to the one we're, well, some of us are more familiar with. Sure. Well, like we said, uh, there's no set commission rates out there, but what's really common, 7% on the first hundred, two and a half percent on the balance. Um, what we do by contrast is we have a flat fee model. So anything that sells under $700,000, we have a flat fee of 7950 So 7950 that's the flat total commission that you'd pay to sell a property under under 700000 Okay. Over seven hundred, we charge 1% of the sale price, Plus nine hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, so how would that how would that compare then? So say a say a seven hundred thousand dollar property, right? If you list with one of the other guys charging seven and two and a half, you're looking at around twenty two thousand or thereabouts. That okay. would be the total commission before taxes, of course. And uh, with us, that'd be seventy nine fifty. So you're looking at about uh, fourteen thousand dollars savings or, or thereabouts, something like that, mm-hmm. at that seven hundred thousand dollar mark. A million dollars. Well, you're probably going to pay about twenty nine and a half. Or thirty thousand with one of the other guys. With us, you're looking closer to about eleven, and so you know eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars savings. And of course, the more expensive your property, the more savings. And of course, in, in the Vancouver area, we know there's lots of expensive properties, so there's huge savings to be had for sure. Services are the same essentially as what you'd expect anywhere else. Full MLS, Realtor.ca, of course. 
uh, open houses, professional photography, full contract negotiation, um, coordinating with your lawyers and notaries, handing the keys over to the buyers on possession. Everything's there. It's just a smaller uh, bill at the end of the day. All of those details that some people confessed recently to CMHC, they just don't plain don't understand, John. Absolutely. That's when you're in the hands of a pro. Uh, that's a, a very uh, a good way of accelerating the process of getting things done right. Absolutely. Getting good value and commission is important, but you want to work with people who have your best interest at heart and know the business inside and out. Lots more on the 1% Realty Story with John Carlson and David Mater after the news on CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this fine Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson and David Mater, the pros from 1% Realty. You can find them online at savewithjohnanddave.com. And you can give them a call anytime at 604-265-8280. Well, here we are, almost at the end of February. It's uh, And, of course, a lot of people, John, uh, and you've been talking to some as recently as last night, a lot of people just trying to come to terms with all of the changes. We've had the goalposts moved a few times in just a very short, less than two-month period with stress tests and now new budgetary things that we're not too sure about because they haven't had time to sink in yet. So I'm sure talking to a lot of people who are kind of sitting on the fence, maybe this is the time to sell. Uh, how do you know whether it is or isn't? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, even without the changes this time of year, anyone thinking about real estate is kind of wondering, gee, how is the, the spring market going to shape up? Yeah. The last few years, uh, you know, we've run into situations where the demand is still strong and inventory is somewhat low and which causes prices to get pushed up. Uh, this year, we're going to wait and see what some of these other changes that the, uh, the federal and the provincial governments have made, uh, how they affect the market. But I think it's always more important to think about your own timing. If you're ready to sell in the spring, uh, right now the advantage would be that there's not a lot of direct competition in a lot of segments. So if you had a really nice condo in Coquitlam, let's just say, or Port Coquitlam or out in Burnaby, uh, boy, there's a lot of demand for that sort of thing right now. So if you were to put your house on the market, chances are you're going to get a lot of action right away and maybe even a quick sale and a strong sale. Uh, on the other hand, if you're a family uh, downsizing or upsizing, let's just say, uh, you might find it's better to wait uh, until maybe mid-March where there's more listings to look at because you may be a successful at selling, but you might not have a lot to look at. So the way I see the market right now is uh, there's a little bit of a hunger for mm-hmm. good listings out there. Right. So jump on the market, wonderful. But if you wait, traditionally, if you wait until March, uh, you know, the, the situation only gets a little bit better, a little bit more on the demand side in terms of buyers finally out there looking, maybe a little bit more in terms of options for you to look at for your second home. So, uh, you know, we're at this time right now where the market is just now waking up. The 2018 market has taken off. If you want to know maybe what your house might be worth or the best way to go about selling it, these are the kind of things that Dave and I will sit down and discuss with you. And Dave, let's, let's follow up on, mm-hmm. on the, the value of the home. For example, if you've been selling, and or let's just say you've been thinking about selling, and my question to John was, is this the right time? Well, it may or may not be, depending on your circumstances, but if you've been s- thinking about selling the house, and let's just say, well, we came upon the eye, we, we began thinking about this last September at the end of the summer, and so we had a guy come out and do an appraisal uh, in October, and now here it is, almost March. Is that number that we got in October still going to hold as being a legitimate number to go forward with this many months later? Or if it's really time to get it done, should a new evaluation be part of that package? 
Yeah, I think uh, any time a property is listed, the listing agent uh, really wants to do a fresh evaluation with all the fresh numbers. The the most recent numbers, especially in the Vancouver market, right? I mean, it probably holds true everywhere, but in particular in the lower mainland where market moves so quickly, um, I think any agent is going to do a fresh evaluation showing all the most recent comparables, the sales, the, uh, the current availables, any expiries. There's not many expiries out there, but they're going to bring everything that's relevant. Um, I think the idea is, you know, you want to make sure you're giving yourself every opportunity to get every single dollar you can out of your property, right? And um, I guess the good news for, I think, probably most people who would be listening to us in the area that this broadcast goes, uh, is that properties in the lower mainland, um, you know, despite ups and downs and such, they've probably never been worth more, right? I, I think mean, that's a pretty safe statement I, I, to I make. think yeah. so, right? I mean, there's been ups and downs over the foreign home buyers tax and such, but, you know, we're pretty much at all-time highs. And so anybody out there thinking about selling, um, you know, it's mostly it's it's a good news story. It's right. a good news story. John, when you sat down with that couple in Maple Ridge the other night, last night, I guess, and you were talking to them about the one percent business model and listening to the skepticism that they were expressing. One of the things I'll bet you dollars to donuts they came up with was that other agents from other companies, because you have a different commission schedule and a different way of doing business because of that, other competing agents may be reluctant to show your property That's, or to have or to, to have their buyers take a look at it. That is the suggestion that I, a lot of people that Dave and I talked to, uh, you know, have told us, gee, you know, we heard this. Sometimes, most of the time, it's from other agents at other companies that have different business models. And I want to be very careful here because any, there, there are different business models out there. But I want to say two things to people who are worried that, you know, if you list with John and Dave or 1% Realty, that your house might not be shown. Number one, I want to talk about a practical reason. MLS is in the air we breathe. People know where the listings are. And if you list with us or any other company, the buyers are going to know about that listing. Not to mention that we do Facebook campaigns and all the other advertising and MLS and photos and 3D tours, all the stuff that gets attention. Right. But we're going to be in there with all the other listings and knowledgeable buyers, which is virtually everybody. Uh, are going to know about the listing, are going to take a look at it. But secondly, when a real estate agent has an agency relationship with a buyer, if I'm out showing you houses, Sterling, I've got an agency relationship with you, and I have a duty to show you all known properties that fit your, your criteria. Right. So to suggest that an agent might not show a property to their client based on commission would be to suggest that that real estate agent's primary concern is the commission and that at best the client's interests are second. Mm -hmm. And that's unethical and that's not something that should be propagated and that's not the way agents work. I'm happy to say that the vast majority of agents that we work with on a day-to-day basis, they're ethical people who understand that they have a fiduciary responsibility to represent the interests of their client as if they were their own. Sure. So to answer the question, yes, we collect more commission, less commission than some other companies. We offer out less commission to buyers agents, but commission is not the driving force to determine whether or not a buyer wants to make an offer or buy a property. Right. Dave, uh, earlier in the conversation, John described uh, conditions around Metro Vancouver as being pretty much a balanced market. It was his word. Mm -hmm. So uh, as we we go forward, and you're talking about the fact that we're dealing with pretty much all-time high prices, um, how long does that balance stay at play? What what could upset the balance going forward as we look at the spring market? And you've been through more than a few springs in Metro Vancouver. What dynamic could change the marketplace? Well, um, you know, I think uh, just like 
it could happen in any year. We could see all of a sudden、um, a fall off in demand. You know,、uh, and what causes falls off、uh, fall offs in demand? Well, that might be maybe some of the regulation that's been introduced, some of the changing rules. If people all of a sudden are unable to afford properties on mass, and right now, you know, we've seen some moderation in the detached market because they haven't been able to afford some of those more higher and expensive detached properties. Okay. But the condo and townhome market, which is what's been driving everything, well, that market's really on fire, right? And so, and so there's your balance, right? Well, that's kind of your balance.、Right. I mean, you got you know, <laughs> you got yeah, busy, busy,、uh, busy, affordable segment, and not so busy segment that might be a little bit on the higher end. But、um, you know, just to, get to to answer your question,、um, the reality I think is as long as supply remains low, which is like what John said, that is true. We don't have a lot of listings out there to go around, and as long as demand remains high, I don't think we're going to see、uh, much change in the market、um, going forward. I think we're going to continue to see upward pressure pressure on prices, right? And、uh, we're going to continue to see you know not a heck of a lot of selection among affordable properties in the Lower Mainland. Yeah. Yeah. And John, to your question or to your point about MLS, and you've made this point umpteen times on this program. Today's consumer is an informed individual. He or she spends a lot of time on the internet doing really good homework. So, as to the reality of a listing, whether regardless of what sign is on the front yard, all of that information is online,、oh, and、yeah. most people go there first, don't、oh, they? Absolutely, that's the that's where people go, and there are all kind of kinds of websites that people can sign up to automatically. Receive notifications, or realtors can subscribe people to systems to automatically send out listings. So, yeah, the average buyer might not know the whole process and how to go from A to Z and, and get a favorable result. But I think that the average buyer is extremely knowledgeable about what's on the market and、uh, maybe how quickly properties have been selling.、Uh, so, our listings are there with everybody else's, and、uh, they get shown and they get sold. And Dave and I wouldn't have、uh, the success that we have if we were not able to sell our listings. It's that simple. Yeah, exactly.、Uh, let's hear from a, a few、uh, clients of One Percent Realty and Save with John and Dave. And、uh, let's start off with another Dave. Well, I think they should definitely、um, call、uh, someone in, and、um, not to, just to ignore them because you hear rumors around that、uh, they, you know, they just sit back and wait and collect their smaller fee and all this stuff. It doesn't,、uh, it doesn't wash with what we had. He gave us good service, and、uh, I think if you're going to interview a few of the、uh, agencies out there, you should definitely include a one percent. And、uh, and if you save some money, it's just a bonus because the The home is going to sell no matter what, but、uh, you can save yourself、uh, a good percentage of the money. Well, that was interesting, Dave. Another Dave, a client of yours, as I understand it. Basically, the point he was making is because you earn less commission, the expectation from some would be that well, you're just not going to do so much, and it's exactly the opposite. And he's、uh, a testimonial to that fact. Yeah.、Um... So,、uh, like that, they're actually a really great example.、Uh, it was、uh, Dave and Colleen, and、uh, we sold the property out in、uh, the Valley area. And I think they ended up saving something like eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars compared to what they may have、uh, paid elsewhere. The property sold, I think, it was in a week or so.、Wow. Uh, and you know, the interesting thing is when they had me out,、uh, I know that they had also had a couple of other agents out, and we all ended up, according to them, we all、uh, ended up giving them the same evaluation. We all ended up with the same number. Right,、uh, but they. Listed with us because, well, I mean, they're looking at a substantially smaller bill at the end of the day, and we sold it quickly, and it, and it, and that was it. And so,、uh, you know, I think they're they're quite happy with it.、Um, 
And, and, and further to John's point about today's informed consumer, these people not only did their homework online, they interviewed a number of realtors and decided uh, on 1% and are quite happy to have all that extra money in their bank account. Sure, Thank you very much. Sure they did. And I think that's uh, something that everybody would you know, probably be advised to do. You want to make sure you get a few opinions. That's what I would do too if I was just a consumer looking to sell or buy a property. Sure. Uh, the, the nice thing is though that when folks have us out, usually John and I find that they're very comfortable with us. Uh, they go ahead, uh, most of them who have us over, they go ahead and list with us. And, you know, we have a happy client who recommends us out next time it's time to sell. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Let's uh, let's hear from one of John's clients next. Here's Jacqueline. There's rumors amongst other realtors and other, like, homeowners that we've met um, telling us that you wouldn't get the same service or other realtors would be hesitant to show your home um, based on them being 1%. But that's not what we experienced at all in this day and age. As a client, you have access to so much more information when looking for homes. And John has all the exact same um, tools in his toolbox that the other realtors have. And we definitely saved money um, every, time we sold our, every time we sold a home. We definitely saved money. Well, there's Jacqueline, one of your clients, John, with yep. a, a young family member yes. close by the microphone there. And the money's even more important when you have kids, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah and that, it sounds like you've uh, dealt with these people more than once, too. Absolutely, yeah. Repeat customers, you know, great family, and uh, I just loved working with them. And, I, uh, you know, it, it hits it once again. I mean, even clients that I've worked with several times will tell me, gee, we talked to another agent, and they said, boy, don't list with John and Dave. Oh, my goodness, you're not going to do well. Oh, 1% realty. They won't do anything. They don't. They're no good. You get a little tired of hearing it, quite frankly. So sure. all we do is we go out and we make happy cheerleaders one at a time. We uh, work with people. We help them position their home. We help them sell. And we save them money in the process compared to you know what virtually any other option might be. Uh, so I want to say thanks to Jacqueline for you know bringing that up. And you know, don't take my word for it. Listen to some of our clients. We also have quite a few testimonials on our website, too. So uh, it's a tried and true thing. This is not some sort of a, uh, a shell game or uh, some kind of you're taking a big chance. You're working with two of the best professionals in the real estate industry, uh, I believe. Save with John and Dave.com for more uh, testimonials uh, available right there on that website. Lots of good information, too, useful information at Save with John and Dave.com. Time to hear from Andre next. Well, he's very professional and uh, he's done, uh, like, he's, he's been a real estate agent for quite some time, so you can feel he's uh, very professional. And uh, he can help people with uh, selling or buying the house. Like, and uh, they they make like he makes you feel at ease. Like you don't have any questions or whatnot. Like uh, you know what he's doing, and he follows up. And uh, yeah, you get a very good feeling from dealing with him. Well, there you go, Dave. Another satisfied customer. There's Andre, who feels that you've done well uh, by him. Yeah. yeah, no. Well, I mean, we're really happy about that. Uh, Andre and Natasha, uh, they were great clients to work with for sure. And uh, actually, I just spoke with them yesterday, so uh, they they were they were quite happy. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, we want to make sure that all of our clients are fully informed. Uh, you know, it's it's a uh, like we were talking about earlier in the show. Uh, lots of people have tons of questions, and uh, we want to make sure that everybody goes in. Um, 
not not with us telling them what they have to do, but showing them the best way to go forward, right. right? So that they are, you know, fully involved in the process. They're not just having some guys come out and say, oh, this is what you got to do. You got to listen to us. No, no. We're there to explain, to make, feel, make people feel comfortable with all the decisions. It's called guidance, John. And a lot of people request and frankly need guidance, especially when you're talking multi-million dollar deals. Absolutely. And, and like I, I like to tell people when I sit down with them, I said, you know, I can only give you one person's opinion. Uh, that's all any agent can do when it comes to pricing or strategy. But I tell the truth as I understand it. And, uh, you, you know, I've been in the business long enough and do enough sales where I think I'm really on, on the ball and I can give good advice. But we don't make decisions. We advise our clients and we let the clients make the decisions that make sense to them. And it's all about the quality of the advice base, to base those decisions on. Just a, a few minutes left here, a few seconds left, actually. And, fellas, I need you to tell me uh, where we can find 1% Realty in the trenches. Any open houses this weekend for you to tell us about? Yeah, we do have uh, an open house tomorrow. Uh, so that's Sunday between 1 to 3 p.m. Um, unit 318-100 Capilano Road in Port Moody. Gorgeous two-bedroom and den condo. Hard to find the extra den. Um, Two-bath located close to Rocky Point Park, Suderbrook Village, Newport, uh, Newport Shopping Area. Fantastic. One to three. Come on out and see us. All right, John, how about you? Where are you going to be tomorrow? Open house Sunday, one to three in Langley, Walnut Grove. Uh, the address is number 67, 9045 Walnut Grove Drive. This is an awesome end unit townhouse. Backs onto Greenbelt, 599.9. Master bedroom on the main floor, double parking. It's a real sweetheart. It's not going to last. Tomorrow, one to three. Come out and see me. You'll, you'll love it. All the details, friends, available on the website, savewithjohnanddave.com. Don't be shy. Give them a call, 604-265-8280. John Carlson and David Mater. that's it. We're out of time, guys. We'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks, Sterling. Thanks, Sterling. We're back with more after this. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson and David Mater for another informative visit. The times are changing, and we're lucky to have our regular updates on the real estate game from the pros at 1% Realty. Next week, we look forward to your calls to the senior lawyers from the Zuckerman Law Group. It's time now for the Steel Report, and today, guest host Nikki Reitmeyer has a look at fancy phones for Toronto cops. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is your Steel Report. The Toronto Police Service has announced they're equipping some of their officers with department-issued Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus smartphones. While officers obviously have access to all the technology they want in their personal lives, Toronto Police Constable Andrew Gooden says that by embracing the times and equipping frontline officers with state-of-the-art technology, they can be more efficient. The real advantages in terms of providing officers with relevant information that is relevant to their jobs and their duties that they're performing out there, giving them real-time information to act um, wherever they are, regardless of whether they're in a scout car, uh, out on patrol, out on foot, uh, in the station, uh, in uh, various uh, areas in their communities that they serve. They have access to uh, information that's going to help them out to perform their jobs wherever they are. The Toronto Police have used the mobile workstations or computers in the cars and desktop computers at the station. While these are tried and true methods of policing communication, they're not exactly portable. So how many phones are we talking about? Right now we are deploying devices to 51 Division, which is a downtown division in Toronto. Uh, there are 236 devices to be deployed. Depending on this trial in Canada's biggest city, we may be seeing forces across other parts of the country adopting this strategy as well. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is your Steel Report.
Thank you, Nikki. The Linda Steele Show, weekdays 2 to 6 on 980 CKNW. Time now for a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. As the B.C. government struggles with the ICBC dumpster fire, our Janet Brown reported this week that one surefire way to reduce accidents province-wide is to increase driver education. Janet talked to the people at the Driving Schools Association and learned only a small fraction of driver's ed schools, 56 out of 647 of them, actually teach the graduated licensing program. And the Driving Schools Association wonder what the heck all those other driving schools are doing. Here's a quote. There are just too many schools out there that are car rental facilities for the road test, where they should concentrate on road test, road test, road test. End quote. They point to research that even three or four lessons help reduce accidents significantly. The good news is that our BC road test is quite tough, and driving school people from all over the world recognize it as such. News from Airbnb Thursday of an expansion of their business model, including boutique hotels, bed and breakfasts, and more high-end rentals on their site for the first time. It's the new 10-year plan, and Airbnb says it's all about larger groups and more specialized accommodation, like their new Airbnb collection platform for families who want to travel for work or pleasure together. There will also be a new super guest membership, along with the very popular super host program. In its first 10 years, Airbnb, which is valued at $31 billion, has 4.5 million listings in 81,000 cities. Well, the new numbers are out on stolen vehicles across Canada, and once again we learn thieves have a preference for large luxury SUVs and trucks. This is not to be taken lightly, as the Insurance Bureau of Canada reminds us that a vehicle is stolen every seven minutes in this country, and that's close to 80,000 vehicles a year. So you can imagine what an effect this is having on our insurance rates. So here's the list of the top 10 most stolen cars cars in Ontario, where the most vehicles are. The two most stolen, the 2016 and 2014 Toyota 4Runner, followed by the Chevrolet Tahoe and GMC Yukon of various years, and then the 4Runner showed up again at number 9. Next door in Alberta, the top choices of car thieves were the 2001-07 Ford F250 and F350 pickups, along with the 2000 Honda Classic. No new data available for us in B.C. yet, but Canada-wide, the most stolen vehicle in 2017, the Lexus GX 460 2015 model. That's a luxury version of the 4Runner. Next on the list, the Ford F350, the F250, and then that Toyota 4Runner. As usual... The Insurance Bureau included a, loose, a list rather, of preventative measures to take, including the rather obvious, never leave your vehicle unattended while it's running, not even for a second. The full list of prevention tips and most stolen vehicles is at ibc.ca. That is our show for today, produced by Ben Dooley. Andrew Ferreira is at the controls. We value your feedback, so if you have any thoughts or suggestions for us, drop a line to sterling at cknw.com. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer on CKNW.
The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.